Hello and welcome to another week of Two Bar Stools and a Knife from FIU Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management and the Bacardi Center of Excellence. I am Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by my awesome colleagues, Professor Brian Connors and Chef John Noble Massey. Hi, guys. How are we What's doing? Up, Nate Dog. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Nate Dog, yes. Nate. You know, if you look inside his blazers and his sport coats and things he gets made, it says Nate Dog inside of it. True story. Nate no, I'm no I, I get them made in China and they shipped over. And says so no one's going to steal his stuff. No one ever uh, does. Well, also, it's a big size. big size. Well, enough said about that. So, how is everyone's big man? Fourth, I, fourth of July? Was everyone's 4th of July productive? A little hot? 4th of July was wonderful. Yeah, no, I um, had a, a lot of Bacardi products. Actually, I had one Bacardi product. I just had a lot of them. <laughs> it pays to live in South Florida, have sun, and be close to a pool, uh, particularly when the beaches are closed, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Were they, closed in, uh, were they closed in uh, Palm Beach County as well, John? Well, Miami's yeah. closed. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. Palm Beach is going to... Anyway. So All right. How about so good, how about good news? Go insane this week. We doubled our numbers of listeners in one day. Um, our overall numbers the previous week. So whoever's listening to us, thank you. Welcome. Um, we had a lot of different people listening, I guess, don't because forget, we were talking... Don't forget bonjour to our French listener. So before we talk about our lovely guests, let's uh, do some Bacardi updates. Uh, Brian, what's going on Bacardi world? Thank you very much, Professor Dodge. So all things are moving nicely, as we say, in the Bacardi world. Uh, just like our podcast got a lot of hits over the holiday weekend, uh, people definitely took advantage of Bacardi Teach, and we're over into the 700s now, of course, is taken. Uh, certificates of beverage excellence are flying off the shelf. Remember, you need to complete the survey. Give us some good feedback. Remember, we're just getting started. There's going to be more content coming out, and things just take a little bit of time to create, particularly at these kind of current state we're in and our lack of our studio, but we're, we're Hustling like we can. Uh, Bacardi Talks will be coming back up in July. Stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing who that guest is going to be and as we move forward with those. But in all, everything is moving quite nicely. Uh, the scholarships are in. We have all those names submitted. Those will also be selected and we'll be notifying people of the uh, people that will be receiving the Bacardi scholarship. Uh, and last but not least, great turnout uh, for the Bacardi internship program. Uh, we had over 100 people join our info sessions last week, right before the holiday, which was great. Uh, and Jonathan Rodriguez, the national recruiter, was able to share a lot of insights with them. So we're really looking forward to that. And remember, this is going to be ongoing. Uh, these opportunities with uh, Bacardi USA will be taking place throughout our relationship with them. So uh, if you're a junior, uh, remember you always have your senior year. And if you're a sophomore, even a freshman listening, uh, keep in mind that uh, those opportunities are coming forward and we're just going to keep on developing so they get better, uh, more robust, uh, more opportunities and so forth. So that's what's going on in the Bacardi world, gentlemen. Let's get to our guest. I'm psyched. So our guest today, we've got Sherry German from the American Fine Wine Competition. Like I said, we talked Italian wine last week, so we're doing American wine this week. So hello, Sherry. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey. 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 American wine. <laughs> All right, so we're going to hop right in and say what's going on with American wine. Why, why, why did you start a contest doing American wine? What was the idea behind that? So it's actually started 14 years ago. 
So it was a time in our, <laughs> we're here again, but it was a time when things were difficult in America. And, you know, we were going through kind of a recession and things were difficult. I was working in a business publication. Um, wow, I get what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to get the echo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I had the opportunity, I've been in publishing for many, many years, but I always was a big, I was very passionate about wine and, uh, it was an opportunity for me to present to this publishing company that I worked for to do a wine event. Um, they had done lots of events. It was a business publication and they did things like, uh, I don't know, banking, uh, banking, uh, events. And they even did, they did hospitality events, but it didn't have anything to do with wine. They did technical technology, all this other stuff. Anyway, I went to the publisher and I said, look, you guys do these great events. What if we did an event about wine? Because everybody who I went out to talk to was into wine. Lawyers, accountants, bank presidents, real estate guys. Everybody was into wine. Hospitality professors that you've got on right now. We well, like you know, that was, I had, well, you know, they were just friends of mine. Oh, okay. They weren't business associates yet. Uh, but yeah, but it's always been a big passion of mine and, Anyway, this presented an opportunity, and I went to the public. I said, let's do a wine event. And he's like, thankfully, he liked wine. And he's like, all right, what do you want to do? Uh, so we came up with the idea of doing a wine competition. It was going to be American-based. We make killer wines in America. You know, I appreciate old world wines. I appreciate what's happened in the old world and thousands and thousands and thousands of years of wine being produced in Europe and, uh, and fairly new to the U.S., uh, cons- you know, uh, just in an analogy, you know, mm-hmm. time-wise. Um, but we're making killer wines. You know, back in the early 70s, there was an event called the uh, Tasting of Paris, the Judgment of Paris. Uh, and California just kicked ass, right? Yeah. So, so Brian and John aren't here. I am actually at Sherry's house right now, and we are enjoying some American final. I'm assuming these are all American. They're all American. They're all American. They're, well, no, not that one. <laughs> well, mostly oh, we're I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I we haven't gotten on that one yet. Okay, cool. But yeah, there's some amazing wines going on. So, um, Brian, John, what what are you talk? What are you guys drinking right now? Ah, I'm with American, American. Yeah, I'm, I have a a Napa Valley a Savion Blanc, but it's nice. It's just a, a nice little patio pounder. All right. Well, yeah. patio pounders are important, especially during this time of uh, social of, distancing, of social distancing, and, and quarantining mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, yeah, well, we're it, drinking. Right now, what do we have in our glass? I just tell you, we're drinking a Taste and Pierce Chardonnay, which is uh, insanely good. It's good, but it's got a lot of um, oak in it. Very Montrachet style, I will tell you. Yeah. It's like, this is not something you would drink every day. This is about a $70 bottle of Chardonnay. This is what I drink every day because, you know, I'm bougie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you got Nathan, Nathan Dodge with you, yeah. He no, this is why I started American Fine Wine. <laughs> He started he this company so I could drink the good stuff. Huh? I said he pairs his $70 Chardonnay with his $2,000 bottle of scotch. Yeah, right yes, next, yes, well, yes. that's right next door to this. Wait, you know, wait, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Johnny Boy, what are you drinking? I think you got in your glass. It looks red. Yes, uh, a Gamay library wine from Fela. You know, they typically make a good bit of Pinot and Chardonnay. And then they've been experimenting. I had Viognier's with them. And then this is a really nice, nice Gamay. Uh, it's a Gamay and- from California? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I like that because it's, again, yeah. different. That's different. 
It's different, yes. And so I, I was sharing with the boys much earlier, a couple of weeks ago, that one of my purchases from out west was a case of a variety of wines from them. And they're just a really nice producer with Aaron Jordan making the wines. Cherry just did the American Fine Wine Competition uh, rosé competition. We did. We, we just actually, yes. Yeah. So and the rosé competition, this is our third year. And Brian was one of the judges? Yes. Uh, yes, Brian was there for the rosé competition, yep. yes. Uh, also at American Fine Wine. But yeah, so we were supposed to do it back in April, but because of the pandemic and this you know, wonderful stuff happening around us, uh, we had to move it. So we went, did it on June, was it June 19th? Yeah, June 19th. And we had 16 judges, which are four panels. Um, now, the difference between American Fine Wine and the Rosé competition is that uh, American Fine Wine is obviously all American. Excuse me. And my, we have a little puppy here, and we can, she continues to jump up. So pardon the interruption. Um, uh, the Rosé competition is international. It was brought to me by a guy named Bob Ecker who had been doing it for about five years and things started changing where he was doing it in California. And he threw a mutual friend came to me and said, would you consider doing a, an international rosé competition? And I thought, hell yeah, why not? <laughs> I love rosé. Uh, we live in South Florida. Rosé is good for breakfast, lunch, you know, appetizers. Rosé all May, right? Rosé all May, yeah. right? A amen, amen. Amen. Hey. So uh, this was our third year. We had 150 rosés in spite of all of the challenges we had because of coronavirus. Um, we still had 150 wines. And like, Brian, you were there. What did you think? Yep. Well, I, I thought it was amazing. I think you guys did a great job. We were talking earlier about your ability to really, you got you know strategic about it where everyone had the appropriate amount of social distance in there. Every, everyone that was a volunteer from FIU was masked up. I'll let you talk about that. But my favorite was, this is creativity. You had hand sanitizer and squirt guns. I love it. Hand sanitizer <laughs> and squirt guns. <laughs> they were these little squirt guns, and we filled them up, and everybody had their own, and your name was on it. Did you yep. notice that? Yep. Everybody had their name on it so that nobody misplaced somebody else's. And we announced in the very beginning, do not squirt your neighbor with this. This is hand sanitizer, <laughs> not water. Um, and that was fun. So we tried to make it fun and light. Like rosé, right? Rosé is fun and light and elegant, though. You know, it's summertime right now, and I think, you know, rosé all day. Yeah, it's a million degrees outside, so yeah, I love rosé. It's great in the pool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you can tell us. Can you tell us who won, or is it too absolutely. early? Oh, okay. No, no, I didn't enough. know. Yes, so 150 wines. We had three categories, dry, sparkling, and sweet. I will tell you that we did not get a whole lot of sweet um, representation. So no white zins. My mother-in-law would be so disappointed. Okay, so white the zin is not a rosé. <laughs> Let me clarify that. So okay, so that's one of the misconceptions that people have about rosé, right? Mm -hmm. They think white zin that's because my mother -in -law, back in the seventies yes. and the eighties, it was about white zin, and it was a smart move on a bunch of wineries to create this white zin. But if you, you know, it was a great transition from uh, Seven Up or ginger ale or whatever to move into an alcoholic beverage. Nonetheless, uh, 150 rosés participated. They're bone dry. All They were um, all bone dry. We basically, I think out of the categories, I told you there was a sweet one. We didn't have very many competitors for that. We had two. And interestingly, both of them came from the same winery, based in our little area in Homestead. They came from Schnebley's. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. So Friends of the school? Friends of the yeah. school, that's right. 
Wow. Yes. You know, and Sherry, the sleepers too, where Virginia had some great product coming out. Uh, and remember, we don't know what, what it is in front of us. All we have is a number. Uh, and then later yeah. on, they'll kind of walk around and say, you, you might have wines. Or actually, you're always polite. You tell us where these wines could be from. And then it's kind of fun to kind of pick them apart. And I think you even had a few of my beloved upstate New York wines as well. Uh, yes, some we Hudson, did. Hudson Wolf. Valley, some Fingers. Uh, and of course, out, well, that's yeah. out in the Hamptons. Yeah. And they're doing a yep. lot of great stuff. And their rosé on the market yes. right now is, has the cult following. Uh, yeah. Definitely, though. So, Johnny, I, I know you're up. What were you going to say, sir? No, I, I just love hearing all of Sherry's stories. Whenever we talk about wine, we always talk about stories. And, and I love hearing the story about the Chardonnay that you're drinking. We're, I think it enhances the experience, right? And so we, Absolutely. I just really want to know from all of your travels and everything, what, could, what would you recommend to our students, an operator, anyone that's out there to okay. enhance their, the experience? Uh, well, the first thing, if, you're, if you have a bottle of wine at home, whether you purchased it or it was a gift, I always recommend it. And, and as you know, I run the competition. I work with a lot of your students and all, I have many interns and I have many volunteers who I call my wine angels. And I always say to them, um, but I always suggest look up the wine before you drink it or when you open it, you know, it's so easy to pull out your phone and, you know, either, you know, Google the winery uh, read a little bit about the wine before you try it, get more personalized with it. I will tell you this, the majority of wineries are family run up or many, well, not majority, but many of the wineries are family run operations. If you look on the back and you see a phone number, or if you look it up and it says contact the winery, you call them up. You can actually have a conversation with the winemaker, mm. with the vintner, with the tasting room manager and talk about it. That's one of the things that I've been doing honestly for 30 plus years. I just get That's such awesome. a kick out of having a conversation and calling them up, you know, and just asking a question or saying, Hey, I've got, you know, I've had this in my cellar for two years, or I just got this as a gift yesterday and I've got the 2017, whatever it is. And they'll hmm. and honestly, they'll tell you a story and, and it brings it, it brings it so close to home. It's such a personal and passionate and loving experience to have wine and, and before you just knock it down, talk about it, you know, yeah. research it just a little bit. It doesn't take anything yeah. but five minutes. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, if you're at a restaurant, there's, if it's a decent restaurant that has a sommelier or has a wine director or has a decent wine list, ask somebody, come over. So this is what's on your list. Tell me a little bit about the wine. They all know stories. Yeah. And the stories, like you said, Make it special. Make it more personal. Makes it taste better. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. I totally agree with that. I use that trick yeah. around the world, training sommeliers, going, guys, just know a little something about every one of them. And a lot of times have fun with it, you know, and, and they go, okay. And they watch the sales go up. Like, it's okay to have some favorites. You know, yeah. have, them, have them pick three different price points at a lower value-driven price point, medium price point, and a high end, and know everything you possibly could about that. And you watch waitstaff, bartenders, whomever flourish. They all don't have to be sommeliers. When they know just a little bit more, it goes a heck of a long way. Yeah, that, and, that, and that first, training. And, and let me just, as, a, as another aside, so because I use students for my judging or more importantly, when we have events, because American Fine Wine runs lots of events that raise money for charity. And so my interns and my wine angels will be behind the table pouring wine. 
they know nothing. Let's say when they come in and they've got 20, you know, they got two cases, they got 24 bottles behind their table. You can't pick up your phone and learn everything about it, but you know what? There's a lot of information on the back of a bottle. And oftentimes sure. I just say to just read the bottle, read the bottle, and you will know 100% more than the person who's coming up to taste your wine. And then you learn something too. And then you become more interested in the wine. And, and, and I have to tell you, again, working with the students at FIU have been, has been such a phenomenal experience. And just to bring in this event that we just had, we just did the rosé competition sure. a couple of weeks ago. In 13, well, let's see, I've been doing this 14 years. I've been at FIU for, I think, the last eight years, I want to say. And mm -hmm. probably one of the best teams I ever had was this, at this rosé competition. That's and wonderful. it was also one of the most challenging because of COVID. You know, they all had to wear masks. They all had to wear gloves. They all had to socially distance themselves from everything. We, you know, it was a smaller event than American Fine Wine because instead of 900 wines we had, or 800 wines, we had 150. And instead of 32 judges and 32 divided by four is eight. <laughs> <laughs> So instead of eight panels, we had four panels. Um, but but these guys, these students did such an amazing job. Uh, I was so blown away. I knew many of them, but a couple of them were kind of new for me. Sure. And, and they just did an awesome job serving, coming back, being careful, washing dishes, washing the glasses, doing all this stuff. Um, this isn't the place where they need to tell the judges about the wine. I just want to clarify that. But all of these guys are interested in the hospitality industry. They're all interested in the wine industry. And when we have our event, which hopefully will happen in the next couple of months. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. Right. They're all going to be a part of this. And we raise money for charity for that. And they will know so much, so much more than they did before they started working with us. Um, and I'm just, you know, excited about yeah. it all. And so, so speaking ways. of charities, we know that um, some of the money goes to the Chapman School of Hospitality Program Management. That's correct. Where did the rest of it go, or it goes all over the place? Well, so so that, that's an interesting question. Well, first of all, you know, there's the Chip Cassidy Absolutely. Endowment Fund. Um, Chip is, if I can bring this in now, it's sort of a touching thing. Uh, Chip and I, Chip Cassidy was a professor at FIU for how many, 30-plus years? Sure. Uh, passed away back in November, or October, sorry. But we started the Chip Cassidy Endowment Fund prior to that, about two years prior to that, mm -hmm. I think. And it was to memorialize Chip. And this is before he was ill. So it happened, really, it was kind of... Right about the same time. Yeah, it was yeah. a strange thing. But none, so we, we donate to the Chip Cassidy fund, uh, Endowment Fund. We donate to the Chaplin School of Hospitality. And then there are several other charities that we have worked with over the years. In the last 14 years, we've probably worked with 40 or 50 different charities, everything from, you know, children's organizations to cancer, to Alzheimer's, to uh, animal or animal oh, organizations. Great. I mean, I'm a big animal advocate. As you could hear by dogs barking a second ago. <laughs> now, yeah. um, one of the other things, uh, you're doing an auction right now. And, th and that money's going to... Um, Actually, to, yeah, it's uh, going to um, Pooches in the Pines. Pooches in Pines, which is a dog organization, which is run by the Pembroke Pines Police. Uh, they have a group of people. The, the chief of police is a, is a dog, an animal advocate, and she uh, started this organization, which helps reunite lost pets, lost dogs with their owners, but also places 
strays and they also go after um, people who might be abusing their pets. And so it's a, it's a really nice organization. Everybody, 100% are volunteers and 100% of the monies go directly to the organization. So on Friday, when this hits, the um, auction will have been going in full. Started today. When, I know, well, I know, but they don't know when today. Oh, so on sorry. Friday, when this show hits, the auction will have been in full swing. And then you're going to have another two auctions at least after that. Lined up right afterwards. Yeah. So how do they find the auction? Because I spent a, quite a good sum of money uh, on Thank some you for that. Good, uh, <laughs> wines from Oregon and you got Michigan. I got Michigan and Michigan Ohio. Oregon. You got a really cool, yeah, I, in Ohio. You got a really cool lot. I remember that. Um, so, so where can they find this? So it's on, it's called, it's, you, I'm hoping it's going to be on my website. My IT guy is supposed to get it up there, but it's 32 auction.com slash AFWC. American Fine Wine Competition, right. AFWC. AFWC. That makes, that'd be easy enough to find. That's how you find it. You go to 32 Auction and look and see what's happening. And AFWC has got one right now. So it's an interesting auction right now. Every lot, there's 20 lots. Each lot is valued at $150 or better. They all start at $75. And it's $15 increments to bid up. Um, the wines are insane. There's only one, two, three, or four bottles in a lot. Oh, wow. So there's several that are one bottle lots that are $150, $180, $200 bottles. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of exciting to get one of those for $75 or $100. How cool is that? And all American. And I think we might not do any rosé on this one. So this one, there's 20 lots and there's a bonus lot, which is $25, which you can get. You can win four wines. But no matter what, if you pay the $25, you will get a ticket, a $45 ticket to the next American Fine Wine event, which again, as soon as they let me, we're going to do it. As soon as the state lets me. Very cool. So, hey, if if you're out there in in, uh, internet land and you want to go to the American Fine Wine competition, check this out. Johnny, Brian, what are you guys thinking? I think, uh, well, first of all, Sherry, we appreciate your partnership over all these many years with the school and engagement with not only us, but your other charity events in in the community. I would think that that's a great way to be engaged with the community and the students. It's right on our track of experiential learning with students actually having them pour wines and you encouraging them to research the various wines that you're serving. My question really is on from when you started working with the university to today, what's been the biggest change that you've seen, whether it be in the university itself or the students or, or all the above? What's been the biggest change that you've seen? Um, well, like I said, for the first time, um, and, and that, that's a really good question, John, because it has been a lot of years and it has evolved. I've had years where I've had students that were interested because they wanted to get their hours. Um, I think it's important. These are considered community hours. But as the longer I've been going, the more I'm finding that the students are being, are, are being more passionate about it. There's more interest in the wine. There's more interest in um, not just getting the hours, but getting the experience. And so I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. The more I work with the FI student, FIU students, the more I'm seeing that they want to be in the industry. And this past couple of weeks when we did the rosé competition, I had, I think we had 12, 11 or 12 students. You know, at, at American Fine One, we get about 50 and out of the 50, I probably, you know, 25% of them, I can see the passion. I can feel it. I can hear it. And the rest like, are getting extra credit. And the rest are getting about, extra yeah. credit for classes. <laughs> right. And, and that's okay, too, as long as they do the job. And, and they have all been good. I haven't had any 
real issues. Probably in the many in the ten or nine or ten years, or eight or nine years that I've worked with FIU, I may have had one issue with one student. And I'll tell you what, those are awesome odds. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. great. You know, that's great. Um, but this time, I feel like. I don't know. Like they've contacted me afterwards and said, Oh my God, this was such a great learning experience. What else can I do to help you? What else can I do to learn more about the wine? What else can I do to learn more about the hospitality industry? And I just, you know, just makes my heart go, yay, (laughs) you know? So it's been really special. I have four or five interns right now that just yesterday, I had two of them over here. We're all being very safe again, but working on the auction and I had two of them over here and they were just, they were so driven and so enthusiastic and so excited learning about every label. You know, um, we were putting together this auction and they read the labels and they learned what the, you know, the state is from, the appellation it's from, the price of the wine, the, 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 the varietals, you know, and they went so far as to look them up and see the winery and look at their websites. I mean, they're learning so much and they love it. You know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are the chaplain school. So we are owned by, or we're not owned, but um, money was donated by Southern Glaciers Wine Spirits. And and we do have a, a history with beverage and now spirits. So a lot of our students really are following that passion of either beverage, whether it's wine or spirits. And, and hopefully we're going to get some more with the non-alcoholic stuff so that there is a lot of different things that our students are learning. And, and really, this is a great thing about being at FIU. I agree, Nathan. We're seeing it very much re-energized in many ways. I mean, with the Bacardi programs, even with the wine program, Sherry, you're going to see this whole new level of kind of new innovation coming through because that's really what the kids want. And I'm super stoked to hear that the kids were, you know, really into it. That, that's, it made me feel right. good. And you were saying it, I was, I was like, all right, you know, because I was thrilled. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> for, for us, it's the most rewarding thing in the world to hear when our students are engaged and energized and show the same passion that we have, because all four of us here are certainly passionate about everything that we, we do. And uh, to see that in the students. Well, you guys are, and it reflects on the students, honestly, they are, you guys are doing, you guys are, you know, I know there's a turnover happening at FIU and there's new stuff coming up. And I think it really reflects on the kids, the the students, pardon me. (laughs) <laughs> to me, they're all kids, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, they're, they're smart. They're passionate. They're intelligent. They're driven. They're excited. Uh, I think it's wonderful. You guys I are think, doing a great job. I think <laughs> one of the best and Dodgy, you're going to love this story. And Johnny, one of these days, you got to come do it with us. One of your yes. best marketing coups ever, Sherry, is when you did your mini pop-up seminars at the hospitality at sea program. And we all sat around on the couch, but it was so perfect because you engaged the hell out of them. They were super into it. We joined in and I I was like, I was like, this is perfect. I'm like, this is what education is all about because it was that next level. It wasn't, you know, the traditional, it was, Hey, let's drink this. Let's talk about it. And you got more in depth. And I thank you. How many volunteers did you have just from that hospitality at sea? Oh, please. Yeah. from that yeah, one of them great. in particular she's like I'm a, I'm a like she's a freshman I think and she's like with me she's like I'm with you for life you know she's actually been out to California with me already one That's of one of the girls oh, wow. and uh yeah we had a trip planned we were supposed to go over to do the award we do an American Fine Wine Awards ceremony every year unfortunately obviously because of uh COVID it got canceled we we're supposed to go at the end of March um and I had two students coming with me 
And uh, sadly, we had to postpone it. But when it comes back, when we're able to go, they're going to come with me. And I, yeah, they came from the cruise. <laughs> it was awesome. So what Hands Brian on is so good. What Brian and Sherry are actually talking about, for those of you who don't know, is um, at FIU Chaplain School, we run a hospitality sea program, usually every year, but last year we did two years, yeah. or two, two in one year. So we take a group of students on a, a have, I don't know, four or five classes. And, and Sherry's husband is one of our faculty members, Joel Feigenheimer, for those of you who are a student who didn't know that. So yes, Joel Feigenheimer taught, um, I think it was restaurant management and Sherry came along and brought, I think he brought four, like, cases. four cases of wine. <laughs> and it was all great stuff. And we sat around in one of the bars and like, oh, would you like a drink? No, 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 we're good. We, we brought around really good stuff. You can bring us glasses. And and we had a, we had a blast. Yeah. So um it is that experiential learning that, that really the students are getting a big kick out of and they really enjoy. And I love working with them, honestly. They're wonderful. Well, why don't I ask one more question and we'll get to uh, Brian's fun questions. Speed rail? And I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Sherry, I, ha- sure? I love finding different things. And Brian was talking about finding something different. So like the fact that I have some Gamay in my glass versus Chardonnay or Cabernet, I, I mean, when it's nice, those wines are awesome, but to find something different is really cool. Is there, if, if you were to encourage our students or listeners to explore this area in the U.S. or this area outside the U.S. that they may not have tried previously, what areas would those be? Okay, so it's summer, right? It's hot as hell yeah. outside, right? It's brutal. It's 100 degrees, feels like 120 I'm all about white wine right now and rosé. Rosé. Go for the rosés. Rosés are beautiful. Rosés at a Lodi are going to be Grenache, Syrah, Morvedre, beautiful Rhone varietals that are being made. Now, mind you, I'm leaning towards America. I'm going to stick with that. They're beautiful. Riesling. Right now, Rieslings are just gorgeous. Washington State Rieslings are beautiful. Uh, even, yeah, Washington, yeah, Washington State. Okay. Um, but, but also look at, you know, when you go into a wine shop, talk to them. Talk to the staff, talk, let them talk to the wine buyer or the, whoever's working in that department. You know, in a liquor store, you got all kinds of stuff, but you usually have a dedicated wine person. Ask them, you know, I love Pinot Gris right now. I like Pinot Gris. Right now, I'm liking, um, I'm going to say Viognier. It's a little bit heavy right now. There's a, there's a grape in my head and it's, <laughs> help me out here, Brian. Uh, Mueller Thurgo. There's a couple of wineries that are producing that. I don't know if you can find it, maybe in a total wine. But look at the white wines that are a little bit lower in alcohol, really good cold. You know, they go with Cheerios. It's a good thing. You know, <laughs> you can have it all day long. Um, I love that right now. Rosé, pretty much any rosé that's considered a dry rosé, not white Zinfandel. <laughs> don't do the white Zinfandel. But look at, you know, there's so many wines in California, wineries in California, in New York, in Washington, in Oregon, in Michigan that are making these beautiful bone dry rosés that are refreshing and pretty. And they just go with everything, you know, like I said, Cheerios and uh, conch, you know, I just, you know, that's where I'm thinking, that's where I am right now. It's too hot to drink a big heavy red. I'm not looking at Syrahs right now. I'm not looking at Petite Syrahs. I'm not looking at We just opened a bottle of Petite Syrah last week. Okay, don't screw me up here, okay? <laughs> that was cold. We had the air conditioner on. It was nighttime. <laughs> but for the most part, think, 
bright, light, white, pink. That's what I think. Very good. Awesome. Brian, how about some speed rail questions? Right, oh, so. really? Oh, geez. All right. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, this is, this is my creative outlet every week, Sherry. And just so you know, it's, they're very much this or that type questions that we customize for each one of our guests that we're fortunate enough to have on the show. Um, and we, we've been kind of getting heavier and heavier into the customization part. So for you this week, our speed rail questions is obviously going to be going in the wine direction, but uh, instead of the, uh, the, the American <laughs> fine wine competition, this is going to be the not so fine wine competition. Oh. All right. Oh. So, uh, and gentlemen, of course, at certain times I'll ask you to also participate, but there's some doozies in here. When you start really peeling back this stinky onion, uh, you, you start to really get some good stuff there. So, uh, so obviously it's going to be uh, this or that. If you want to add some color to it, you're more than welcome to. We always start out with our breakfast wine, and I know you do enjoy your bubbles, but we got to keep with the not-so-fine addition here. So are we going towards the Andre Champagne from California? Figure that one out. Or better yet, the <laughs> J. Roger Brut, both under $5 a bottle. Which way are we going? J. Roger. Jay Rosé, a restaurant favorite for mimosas as well. Or I go you get, there. You get your nails done. <laughs> there you go. I'm there. All right. Arbor Mist Mango Strawberry Moscato. Hang on. I got to say that one, one more time. Arbor Mist Mango Strawberry Moscato or a marketing genius creation Blue Nun. What's it going to be? Oh, come on. Blue Nun goes back forever and ever. How can we not do Blue Nun? I would go Blue Nun. And those of you that don't know, <laughs> Blue, Blue Nun was the first blue bottle. Late from Elsh. Great, great, <laughs> great, great marketing that they did with that brand. Uh, but that was a whole new generation of wine drinkers back in the 70s when that really came That's out. That's right. All right, a little bit more modern times. So we have old school versus new school here. Charles Shaw, Two Buck Chuck versus Carlo Rossi, Jug Wine of your choice. Oh, shoot me. <laughs> Vodka. Well, there you go. <laughs> or Schnebelies. All right. All right. Get some, like get some Schnebelies bubbles. We like that. All right. All right, boys, we're going to throw this one for you guys as well. We'll start with uh, Miss Sherry as well here. Boone's Farm, Blue Hawaii. Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Hill. We'll take that. Strawberry Hill or Thunderbird. Oh, no. Oh, God. No John, you, you remember Thunderbird. No, you can only drink that in a brown bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang it on the. Uh, hang, okay, I'll stick with the two buck chuck. Can we go there back go. to the two buck chuck? Two uh, buck chuck, it is. All right, the Nathan Dodge edition here. Are we ready? So, Mad Dog twenty twenty blue raspberry or wild Irish rose. Oh, wild Irish rose. Wild wow. Irish Rose. Yeah, we should rename this, these questions, not the, uh, the not-so-fine edition, but the headache in the bottle like edition. like voting oh, the last presidential election. <laughs> oh, boy. Afraid. All right. No Mad Dog 2020. I heard Nathan say the, the Wild Irish Rose are going with that. All right. Now, Rio Nidi Lambrusco or White Merlot? Oi. I'm you know, Rianidia, nice. Rianidia, nice. nice. That's nice. Oh, that's <laughs> hey, God bless the Mariani family and all they've done for higher education and the income from Rianidia on that one. All right, then. This is the low-hanging fruit section here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, white Zinfandel or Beaujolais Nouvelle? Beaujolais Nouvelle? Nouveau? Nouveau. Nouveau, excuse me. Nouveau. Sorry. Nouveau. We'll go with the Beaujolais Nouvelle. 
No question. It's fun. It's tradition. It's, it's fun. To do you drink it in November. Right? And, you're and, and B&G does a good job. Yes? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm right there with there you. Go. I thought of you, Johnny, when you said Gamay. I had to bring up Beaujolais on that one. And last but not that. least, everyone's favorites here. Uh, we're going to go Manischewitz, Extra Heavy versus Bada Bing, Bam, Red. <laughs> That's the thing. Bada bing. Really? Bada, bada bing, bada boom, red. Excuse me. I mispronounced right. you, have them both, you have them both in your cellar, I know. Yeah, if exactly. It's pa- if it's Passover, you get the Manischewitz, you put a little club soda in it, it works. Other than all right, that, all right, all right. I don't know what the bada bing, bada boom is. Little did we know. All right, and of course... E none of the above. E none of the above. All right. So last week we had That's some it, fun. With, we had some fun with our friends from Fernet, uh, and I know Nathan Dodge got his Fernet coin because uh, Uncle Lars Light told him to. Uh, but uh, we have our final final. I know Sherry, you and I've traveled together. All of us have traveled together different times. What's going to be that uh, that last call of the night, the final final of the evening for you, Miss Sherry? What do you got? Grandmanier. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's what I said last week. <laughs> All right, Dodgy, Dodge, you can't use Grandmanier or Fernet. Jaeger. Wow. <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't mind that either. So, it's Johnny, be cool. no, it's be no, ice vi- cold. no vintage port for you? No vintage port for me. So, I'm going with uh, espresso with a, a, a nice sniffer of Sambuca 3 uh, <laughs> coffee beans in there. Okay. I, all right. And I'm going to do a, this is going to be a new one for you guys an espresso martini. Oh. Only, only every once in a while. Right, only uh, every once in a while, and you got to be traveling. Do a chocolate martini though, because this would keep you up. Uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, so it's all. Worth <laughs> it. All right, those are the speed rail questions today, ladies and gentlemen. So it's all good. Chef Massey, any closing thoughts, sir? I, I want to thank Sherry again for her partnership with the school and her wisdom today. Please visit our websites and go download some episodes. There you go. Professor Nathan Dodge, what's cooking, sir? Any For those thoughts? of you who have not come on the um, iTunes site and uh, given us a, a, a like, please go on there and give us a like, give us a comment, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't, don't tell us what you don't like, but just tell us what you like about us. Perfect, perfect. And of course, uh, Sherry and the American Fine Wine Competition, thank you for everything you do for us. Uh, I'm so happy the students get engaged. It's a great opportunity. I'm seeing that we're going to have a lot more fun this year. Let's keep our fingers crossed for that. So, of course, anything we need to know about the Bacardi Center of Excellence, feel free to reach out to me at bconnors at fiu.edu. Keep your ears open for our next Bacardi talk coming up, most likely now in late uh, July, just the summer season right now. People are on holiday. That should be all well and good. Uh, and as well, if you haven't registered for your classes and you're listening to this and we're suddenly reminding you, uh, register for your classes for the fall. Talk to one of your advisors. Until next time, be safe, everybody. Mm-hmm.